Welcome to another episode of the No Feeding Tube Show. I'm your host, Yvonne McLaren, and I'm here to help you live your best food life following or during head and neck cancer treatment. And what do I know? Well, in late 2018, I was diagnosed with oropharyngeal cancer, and I went on to have a third of my tongue removed, both tonsils, the tumour, 30 lymph nodes and 30 chemo radiotherapy sessions. I also had a peg tube feed for 15 months and ate nothing orally in that time. So thanks for listening. This is a lived experience and one that I think is better shared. So grab your favourite beverage or your walking shoes and let's get started. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to episode 27 of the No Feeding Tubes show. I'm your host, Yvonne McLaren, and I'm here to have you living and eating your best food life with head and neck cancer treatment. Today's episode, I want to talk about why does everything still taste like wet cardboard? I'll say that again. Why does everything still taste like wet cardboard? We will all, we all will have experienced this at some point where our taste buds are completely shot and um, I'm never too sure whether that's as a result of the radiotherapy, the chemotherapy or a bit of both to be honest. Um, and for those that know me and know my story know that I've come from a food and wine background so my taste buds were very much um, my way of earning a living and uh, everything I did was revolved around making food, um, talking to people about food, creating food, writing recipes, creating events, putting this information across to vast audiences and working in the wine industry. I've worked with some of the best winemakers in Australia. So very much my taste buds uh, were a very important part of my body (laughs) frankly and I can remember saying to my surgeon um, whatever you do whatever you do please 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 let's try and keep my taste buds as much as possible however having said that um, there are three things that I've learnt as a result of going through this process and I did lose my taste for some time I don't actually remember how long it was. I think it was about, I could look back and work it out precisely, but I think it was about three months, three or four months there. I just, nothing. So the three things that I want to talk about today, uh, the key things that I discovered on how to get through that process And if you're unlucky enough to have lost your taste uh, buds or taste capabilities uh, for life and you still struggle, I I think these things would still be applicable to you. I have pretty much got everything back tasting to where it used to be. Uh, And when I say that, I do note that there are some things now that I just can't drink much anymore. Uh, And tea, T-E-A, as in a cup of tea, uh, is one of them. I do struggle with tea a bit, even with milk, and I've I've kind of, and I miss it. I miss making pots of tea and having it in fine bone china uh, with skinny milk, which is what I used to do. But I, you know, if I add a nice, soft, quick dissolved biscuit with it, um, I can I can move through it. But 
The three things that I discovered uh, that were very helpful when you're going through that everything tastes like wheat bix cardboard box, wet box, is your mental focus, um, your experimentation and your fearlessness in doing that, and the five key flavours that are involved in cooking and food that you should be aware of so you know what you're actually dealing with and what you're actually looking for. Um, And I totally understand that you just want something, anything to taste like it either used to or have some taste full stop. Uh, And I also quite distinctly remember a friend of mine, Alison, saying to me... uh, one of, she's an oncology nurse, uh, to her credit, and she said, oh, some of my patients really like salt and vinegar chips. And at the time when she told me this, I still had every orifice with a tube in it lying in hospital, and Alison had come in to see me. And she said, oh, yeah, some of my um, cancer patients really like um, salt and vinegar chips. Now, it didn't occur to either of us at that point that... Uh, not only was I not going to be able to eat a chip, <laughs> I couldn't swallow water at that point, let alone eat a potato chip, um, although I have since discovered that it is a high-dissolved food and I can eat uh, my favourites, roast chicken um, chips. Um, my surgeon was most surprised about that. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, why, am I st- why is everything still tasting like wet cardboard? As I say... Took me about three months. You might be lucky and you might get through it quicker. You might get through it a bit slower. You might not ever get your taste buds back. It depends on so many things. And it's not my place to discuss what those things are. What I'm going to discuss today is what happened to me and what I discovered in my experience with eating wet cardboard. It did change my taste and my taste perceptions too. So I'm going to start with the five key players that you need to be looking for and this is in cooking um, generally. When you, you know how some people who aren't great cooks or aren't great chefs, I don't know how to do that, I don't know how to make things without a recipe and you know there is a real art and there is a skill in blending flavours but the flavours that you should be looking for in terms of your taste buds are sweet, salty, sour, bitter and unami. Say them again, it's sweet, salty, sour, bitter and unami. Now, balancing those flavours is where the pinnacle is for most chefs and people who want to cook. Getting all those things in play is right. So if you understand that you have that different taste layering, when you lose your taste buds, you just kind of have this overall bland feeling of bleh, nothing. There's there's nothing there. I, I can't determine, distinguish any taste. Um, and I totally empathise with that. That process... And that thing that happens when it, when it does happen, it scared the living, as my father would say, the living Harry's out of me because I couldn't cook. Well, I could cook, but I couldn't taste my cooking. 
And as any chef knows, you must taste as you go to season to find out what's got to go next. And um, and even if you don't have a great skill in bringing flavours together, you still must be able to taste things, uh, particularly if you're cooking for someone else. So I had to actually find someone to come and taste my food. I, d- I was too um, embarrassed and frightened to give soup away in case I'd under-seasoned it, over-seasoned it, hadn't seasoned it. It just tasted like crap and I had no idea. So that was one of the things that really frightened me. So during that period, I know that I made really strong chicken or bone or beef broths. I added salt to them. And I just kept drinking them and drinking them and drinking them. It hydrated me. It gave me nourishment. And it kind of meant that I wasn't really looking for any specific flavour. It was just, I've got to get through this whole process. I've got to get through this non-tasting process. Now, I suspect this can apply to anyone who's gone through cancer, not just people who've had head and neck cancer, but I'm talking about us, of course, in terms of head and neck cancer. So, um, you know, taste and your ability to taste is subjective. And what I mean about that, what, what I mean by that is that when you taste something, it's about a feeling, um, you know, it, it's, it's what you like you may not like uh, what I like, which is salty, sweet and chilly and acidic. You might like really sweet, uh, rich and fatty. Or you might like um, really salty and astringent. You know, it, as we say, it's subjective. So the way I got through that was I just made basic bone broths, chicken broths, vegetable broths, soups, Nothing too outlandish, nothing terribly over the Richter scale. Um, I seasoned it best I could based on my flavouring. I think I was cooking for my mum as well at this point. Uh, And I was worried about what things were going to taste like for her, but she assured me they were okay. Um, So that's what I did when it was really bad. The other thing I did was um, is Ruby Miracle Fruit. And there's a company in Australia, in Queensland here, that make they're little cubes and you dissolve them in your mouth and they heighten your ability to sense um, sugar and salt and those sorts of things. I'll, um, I'll leave a link in the notes below. I'm just going to make a note on that so that I remember to do that for you. Um, but that's what I did. I didn't go too overboard. And the other thing I want to say is staying mentally strong during that time is really important too. Uh, in many ways, I think, and I'm assuming this happens for everybody, but that time when your taste buds take a hit is often the time when you're at your lowest. You're either going through treatment or you've just finished treatment and it's that really crappy time when, you know, you just wonder whether there's ever going to be an end to the process. And I think it's just another one of those things that's like, oh, good grief, you know, now I can't taste anything. What else is there going to be thrown at me? So I think at at that point, it's really important to stay focused. Just stay focused on day in, day out, baby steps every day. Just keep 
making sure that you're hydrated and you're getting that nourishment in. And don't try, don't be too hard on yourself about, oh, I can't taste that anymore. I, that doesn't taste right anymore. It's going to happen, but I, I promise you it does get better. I mean, for the unfortunate few where it doesn't, I mean, oh, my heart, you know, my heart goes out to you, but for most of us it does get better. Uh, and I'm certainly back now. It has taken four years for me to drink wine again. It took four years, um, and but now I look for, in, in many respects, it's heightened my ability to understand and process wine now because I can taste everything on every level now where perhaps before it was a bit more dulled. So that's interesting. Um, and the other thing I'd say is, you know, give time, <clears throat> give time, time. You're going to have to just go through it. And don't, as I say, don't be too hard on yourself. And the third thing is experiment. Don't stop experimenting just because you can't taste stuff. Don't stop your connection to food just because you can't taste it. Don't stop eating just because everything tastes the same. Keep connected to your food. Keep experimenting and keep your mental health strong and understand that there will be an end to the no-taste process. Uh, it does get better and just it slips in very quietly and it kind of ghosts its way back in and all of a sudden one day you wake up and you go, oh, I can taste that. It took me a couple of years to drink tea again. I now enjoy my tea. Um Again, I'm drinking different tea. Uh, coffee I could always manage and I quite often just went to a really good Mexican espresso <laughs> when all else failed. Um, to this day I still drink it and I drink my coffee with cream now to keep the calories still in. Um, but understanding what flavour layering is and understanding what you're meant to be looking for is very helpful. Uh, you'll quite often find that the top notes uh, are the ones that, well, in my experience, you can taste, and that's things like vinegar and salt. Those really high-end top notes are, are much easier to detect. Uh, and in my experience, it was the middle notes and the low notes that weren't so easy. Um, more bland food, uh, you know, things like oatmeal, some fruit, banana, uh, avocado, I couldn't, I couldn't discern between what was what. I mean, you could have been giving me blue tackle plasticine in some cases and I wouldn't have known the distance. Just put salt on it, a bit of lemon juice and off I went. So we're all going to be a bit different. Um, but the three things I would say to you and what I want you to take away is stay strong mentally, give time, time, experiment and understand those five key flavours in cooking which are sweet, salty, sour, bitty, bitter and unami. Understand those and research them. Have a look and see what each of those are and see what's missing in your food profile if you want to do something while you're waiting for your taste to return. Um, and unless you're one of the unlucky ones, it will return eventually, although slowly, uh, and in the meantime, be kind, be gentle and stay connected. Okay, 
I'm going to wrap that up for today's episode. Eat well, everybody. Um, and I'll put a link to the Ruby Fruit, Miracle Ruby Fruit, down below and also give you some other notes that you might find useful um, uh, from the No Feeding Tubes program and show. Okay, eat well, everybody. Until next episode, I'll talk to you then. Thanks. Bye.